Hey there, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well. Listen, what an awesome broadcast we've had so far. Hey, let's dive right into our promise this week. I want you to get your Bibles, your your handheld devices, wherever you get your word from, I want you to go to John chapter 14. We're going to be kind of all over the place uh, in John 14. We're going to be moving around a little bit, but we have an amazing promise from God this week. And listen, every single week has been amazing. Uh, last week, he, the son is set free, is free indeed. We talked about the difference between free and free indeed, being set free and living free. And I'm going to tell you, this word right here goes right into that. How can we truly live free every day? You know, our promise this week is in this context of John 14. And when we read John 14, here's the context. Now listen, we love bringing you scripture and verses and all that, but we never want to just throw a verse out and just go, hey, here's a verse for you and just use it however you want. We want to understand the context. Come on, everybody say it with me. Context. We want to know the context of it. What is happening here? What, what is being spoken here? What is the overall kind of uh, topic or focus of this? What is going on right here? And when I know that, then I know how I can take that verse or that promise and apply it to my life. And in John 14, we have the context here of, of Jesus is, is leaving. He's preparing to, to go to the cross. He's preparing to die. He's preparing to, uh, he's told them this, but they don't believe it yet, resurrect and ascend to the Father. So all that's going on, and Jesus is really preparing them. Now in John 14, that's where we hear this amazing verse that we kind of maybe hear a lot at funerals, which is, let not your heart be troubled. That's kind of where this all comes from. And Jesus is talking to them about the Father being revealed and how he has revealed the Father and all these different things. And Jesus uh, gives some promises and he talks about an, an indwelling peace that will come and, and he's really preparing them for what is about to happen. Now he is told them up to this point but yet we we understand that when he said hey you, you, i'm gonna i'm gonna die and they're like no, no 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 don't say that don't say that and and they still don't get it and so he's really kind of just bringing it all home because he knows the time is at hand he's he's preparing them and some of the most important things he will teach them are right here in john 14 some of the most important lessons they will ever get from jesus are right here in John 14. So our promise is found in John 14, 27. And here's what the word of God says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, right? I leave it with you. I give it to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now you will hear this a lot of times at funerals, along with let not your heart be troubled, right? Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so. And you know the way, right? And that's where Jesus comes in and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it. The world can give you stuff, but then take it away. He's saying, my peace I leave with you, and I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, in order to really get to understand this peace that Jesus is talking about, we have to read what comes before to really understand this, this peace. 
And it's in John 14, 25 and 26 before verse 27. 25 says this, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Again, Jesus is saying, I'm right here with you right now, but there's coming a time where I'm not gonna be with you. He's preparing them. Then verse 26, and here's where he gives a key to this piece. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. So Jesus is now saying, this peace I leave with you, this peace I give to you, it's coming from the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you, and he's also going to remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit. Yes, I said it. The Holy Spirit. Everybody say it. The Holy Spirit. This is not, this has become some sort of contention over the years where people in church have argued about the Holy Spirit. And what they end up arguing about are things rather than a person, behaviors rather than fruit, erratic behavior rather than gifts given by the Holy Spirit. Just because somebody does something and says the Holy Spirit doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. We go to the Word of God to see what the fruit of the Spirit looks like and what does the gifts of the Spirit look like. What does fruit look like? What are the gifts? We go to the Word of God. And because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and God doesn't change, and God doesn't give a promise and then take it back, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still in operation today. God's not double-minded. God doesn't desire to... for us to live in just half, you know, he wants us to live in the fullness of everything he has promised us. And so in this, we can find some other keys to the Holy Spirit in verse 15 of John 14. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, Jesus is continuing this whole process. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you, right? With you. Jesus is saying right now the Holy Spirit is with you. He's speaking to his disciples. But now he says, and will be in you. He's talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to live in them. And then he gives an awesome promise here. Verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So he's saying, I'm leaving you, right? I'm going away. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm going away. I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm sending another one, my spirit, that's going to not just be with you, but in you. Okay, everybody tracking with me. I want to make sure you're tracking with me today. I want to make sure that you're on this track with me today. Listen, there's no way I can just tweet out 140 characters today to you and get you to understand the Holy Spirit. So let's track together. We're going to have to dig a little bit deeper today, and and we're going to take a deep dive today, okay? Here's what we learn about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. It's not some weird, crazy spirit from some mysticism or something like that. It is the Spirit of God. All the attributes of the Father are in the Spirit of God. This is what Jesus was saying. I am in the Father. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. 
And therefore, that, what that means for us is when we are in Christ, he is in us. The awesomeness of God lives in us through Christ. When we come through Christ, when we believe, when we acknowledge, confess, and believe on Jesus Christ, we have access to the Father, we become children of God. And in that access, what happens? We're not orphans anymore, but we're children of God. What does that mean? That means now we have access to the Spirit of God living in us. The awesomeness of God lives in us through Christ. So we learn that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. We also learn that the Holy Spirit is Him, not it. This is so key, y'all. The Holy Spirit is Him, not it. This is amazing and terrifying all at the same time because He is a person, which means He can be related to. Why is that terrifying, Scott? Because we can have this amazing intimacy with Him, but we can also offend Him. Catch that. It's amazing and terrifying. We have this amazing intimacy with this comforter, but because he is a person, that means we can offend him. How do we offend him? By our behavior. When our behavior is contrary to the word of God, when our behavior is contrary to the attributes of Christ and the attributes of God, then it is offensive to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. He is chosen to live inside this vessel. And when this vessel does things that are counterintuitive to the attributes of God, it is offensive to the Holy Spirit. Catch that. We live in offense in this world. And we live in offense because somebody posted something on social media or somebody believes something or somebody lives a certain lifestyle. We get so focused on all these other things that we forget what is our own behavior doing and who are we offending? Because I'm telling you, I'm more terrified of offending the spirit of God than I am some person. I don't want to offend anybody by any actions that I would do outside the will of God. But Jesus said, you will offend people. When you live for me, you will offend people and you will be offended. But one thing I don't want to do is to offend the Spirit of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is Him, not it. Then we learn the Holy Spirit is the guide here on earth. He is the guide here on earth. He draws people, he convicts, he comforts, he leads, he points us to Jesus. Jesus leads us to the Father. It is important that we do not reject what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives. He is not just with us, but in us. We learn the Holy Spirit is comforter and advocate. Man, I love that word, advocate. He is an advocate, he is a helper. Well, what does that mean? Catch this, everybody. We are not alone. Man, I just heard earlier this week a doctor talk about the effects of people being isolated during COVID-19. That people have literally not gotten life-saving procedures done on their body. They've not gone to hospitals to get procedures they could get for fear of COVID. And now doctors are trying to treat the issue that they did not treat because of fear and isolation. Here is a word for 2021. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with us. We have someone to comfort us. Listen, here's an awesome promise. We have somebody to speak up for us when we can't speak for ourselves. That's Bible 101. When we don't know what to pray or say, the Holy Spirit himself 
will make intercession for us. The Holy Spirit will, himself will pray through us with moans and groans and utterances that we don't have a clue, but it's coming from the very depths of our soul. We have a helper in us always whenever we need him. We must not ignore him. We've also learned that the Holy Spirit will pour all manner. Now listen, this isn't worded properly in hermeneutics and theological points and all that stuff. But listen, we learn the Holy Spirit will pour all kinds of goodness out on those who will let him. He will pour out all manner of goodness on those who will let him. Paul referred to it as the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. He's not just going to pour all kinds of goodness on you, but he's going to pour it out of you, out of your innermost part will flow rivers of living water. Paul refers to this as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And the Holy Spirit causes the attributes of Christ to be formed in us so that the attributes of Christ come out of us. The Holy Spirit will pour out from us all manner of goodness if we just let him. We also learn the Holy Spirit is the power source. Like he is the source of power. Even though no human has the power to do what God has designed for them to do, the Holy Spirit provides right the power to do what man cannot do. He is the source. The Holy Spirit has given us supernatural gifts that go beyond our natural ability. When our natural ability ends, the supernatural kicks in. We just talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the Macedonians. They gave themselves first to the Lord, and then God gave them grace to go beyond their natural ability for every good work. It went beyond the natural ability. Why? Because they gave themselves first, themselves first to the Lord, and then their gifts and abilities began to flow. But when those ended, God's supernatural ability began. Yes, God wants to use our ability and our talents and all those things. And we talked about that. That's a promise from God. All those things we've been given to steward, all those natural things we have, but there comes an end to that. And when those end, that's when the supernatural kicks in and God is glorified through that. So we learn all this stuff about the Holy Spirit. Well, now what? Well, we live our lives in complete awareness of his presence living inside of us every day. Can you imagine what your life would look like today if you were absolutely 100% aware of his presence inside of you all day long? Every decision, every word, everything you watched, everything you said, everything you listened to, every interaction you had, in every single aspect of your life, you were completely, absolutely aware that God's presence was there, that God was listening through his spirit to every single thing going on. I'm not just talking about being aware that there's a God. I'm talking about being absolutely aware that God's Holy Spirit, which can be offended, is with us always. Imagine that. 
We live our lives in complete awareness. We take in those things that host his presence well. Whatever we take into ourselves, if we are believers in Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in us, we are taking those things into this temple. And now in this temple, we are feeding the Spirit of God in us. What are you feeding the Spirit of God today? What are you feeding him? We're feeding what's in us right now, the Word of God. Goodness, right? We are to live submitted to him as he convicts us of sin. John 16 says it. He convicts us of sin. He doesn't stamp death on us, but he convicts us of sin. He brings it to our awareness. He leads us into truth, John 16. He purifies us. Or as 2 Thessalonians 2 says, sanctifies our soul, our emotions. He guides us in our daily lives, according to Galatians 5. And then he offers us the opportunity to operate in the gifts that he has given us to glorify the Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. But also read 13. Also read 14. Keep reading. Keep reading. Also read Romans. Also read Acts. Keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. And guess what you'll find? The gifts never end. The supernatural never ends. It keeps going. Never ends. Never ends. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit in our daily walk with God. You know, one of the greatest ways that we need the Holy Spirit is when we read this right here. When we read the Word of God. Why do I need the Holy Spirit when I read the Word of God? Because the Holy Spirit will illuminate the Word of God. Give you revelation that you didn't even learn in school or, or in Bible college or anything else. The Holy Spirit will illuminate God's word and he will remind you of what Jesus taught as you read the word of God. You don't have to be an eight-year college student or theologian to understand the word of God. The Holy Spirit will illuminate you. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being a theologian. There's nothing wrong with going to Bible college. There's nothing wrong with studying to show yourself approved. All those things are awesome. But I know a lot of smart people who are not engaged with the Holy Ghost that are not very smart. They appear to be smart, but they have no revelation. They have information, but no revelation. And I know a lot of people who aren't graduated theologians who have revelation. And no information, but they have revelation. And people look at them and go, how are they saying these things? They said the same things about some of the apostles and disciples. How do these guys know all this? They said the same thing about Jesus. Paul, one of the most learned men in the history of the world. He could have stood on theology all day long. He could have broken it down for everybody. But yet when he came, he said, look, I count all that stuff. All of it. The good, bad, and different, it doesn't matter. All that matters is Christ and him crucified. He points directly to Jesus. These unlearned fishermen are, 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 are exposing all this religious junk and all this religious garbage and all these things that have been put on people and they expose all of it. How? Power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. These unlearned fishermen are preaching and teaching. How? Through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our daily walk with God, reading the word of God. When we worship, John 4, Philippians 3, 
Why do we need the Holy Spirit when we worship? Worship in spirit, right? And in truth. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit inside of us engages heaven. It engages the Father. We engage the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that's convicted us and drawn us. He is the one who who stirs us up. He is the one who engages heaven through us. When we're here on earth, the Holy Spirit is the one that engages heaven. We need the Holy Spirit when we're praying, Romans 8. Listen, the Bible talks about praying in the Spirit. Listen, you can believe it or not, but the Bible says it. It's true. Praying in the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit being witnesses, just being witnesses, guys. Just being witnesses to Jesus. For Jesus, to Jesus. Being witnesses, Acts 1. We need the Holy Spirit in serving others. Luke chapter 4, Acts 10. Not just serving them like a bottle of water or food, but when the Lord says, hey, pray for that person. In Acts, when Peter and John are going at the hour of prayer, what do they, they see the lame man at the gate. What happens? They stop, right? They look at him. They look at his need. How many times they had passed him before, we don't know, but we know that they went to the hour of prayer every day and we know this man was laid at the gate. But it never records that they stopped any other time. But now they stop after the Holy Spirit's been poured out into them. They stop now. And Peter looks at the man and says, look, I I don't have any money. But what I have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus. Here's my hand. And not just my hand, but my heart is pure. Now, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. He's burned away all that junk every single time I denied Jesus. When I heard the rooster crow and I was weeping bitterly and Jesus restored me. Now the Holy Spirit has filled me, purified me. I have clean hands and a pure your heart so I'm reaching out that clean hand and in the name of Jesus get up and walk and the guy gets up and bones are popping man and things are happening and we see the process and at the end of the process the man is healed he's whole he's saved he's delivered all of those things why because Peter and John filled with the Holy Spirit reached out to serving not in their own power but in the power of the Holy Spirit Are you missing the peace, P-E-A-C-E, that Jesus said he was leaving with them and he was giving them? We read it at the very beginning, our promise. Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Are you missing the peace, P-E-A-C-E, that Jesus said he was leaving with him and he was giving with him? Well, the missing piece, P-I-E-C-E, to that piece is the Holy Spirit. Be aware of the Holy Spirit right now. Right now. Be aware of the Holy Spirit. He is there wherever you are. He's right here with me right now. And he is in me. That's not a source of pride. I promise you it's a source of brokenness. I can't fully understand or comprehend why God would choose me to live inside of me, his spirit living inside of me. Be aware of the Holy Spirit right now. If you're a believer in Christ, he is in you. In you. Let that settle for a second. In you. He knows it all. Gee, Scott, why would you say that? That's a little scary. I say it because it's true. He knows it all. Is he watching me? Absolutely. 
He is. He's watching us. He's, he's listening. But isn't it amazing how we allow all the other voices and ears of the world to either speak to us or listen to us? We take more thought about that than we do about Him listening to us or Him speaking to us. Submit to Him. Surrender. Be filled with all the fullness that he offers in Jesus. He is searching our hearts right now and he is highlighting dark areas in our lives. He is drawing us to a deeper relationship and he is calling you. He's calling you and he's calling out to you. We said this last week and the Holy Spirit is all in the middle of all this. Be who God created you to be. What is that? That's restored identity. Your identity in Christ. Who God created you to be. Know what God is saying. What is that? That's reconciled relationship. Jesus obliterated the distance that was between us and the Father. And provided a way that we could now have a relationship as a child of God. Through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. Be who God created you to be. Identity. Know what God is saying, relationship, do what God says, redeemed purpose. So we have identity, relationship, purpose. In that, the Holy Spirit is leading to complete and perfect peace. It's a promise. Why do we say identity, relationship, and purpose? Because all of those things, every single one of those things together will give you perfect peace in your life. The peace that Jesus said, I leave with you and I give to you, it's there. Identity, relationship, and purpose. So many people don't feel like they have a purpose. I can tell you why. If you don't know who you are, then you won't know what your purpose is. You have to know who you are. Who are you? When you know who you are, then you have access to that relationship. When you have access to that relationship, now you can function in your purpose. And who leads me to all that? The Holy Spirit. Who leads me to identity? The Holy Spirit. He convicts us and he draws us. Who leads me to relationship? Holy Spirit. Who leads me to my purpose? Holy Spirit. He leads us to all of it. He leads us to all of it. So are you allowing the Holy Spirit right now to check out those dark areas? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit in you? Not Not just the presence of God around you and not just because I'm talking to you, but the Holy Spirit. Well, Scott, there's only so much I can get online, man. I really wish I was there in person, man. I could really feel it. Well, I promise you, you can feel it right now. The Holy Spirit's moving. How do you know the Holy Spirit's moving? Because I just preached the Word of God to you. And when the Word of God goes forth, the Spirit of God is going forth. The Spirit of God is speaking. The Spirit of God is wooing people, drawing people to the Father drawing, calling to you. When the, when the word goes out, when the word of God goes out, the spirit of God is drawing people to Jesus, drawing them into relationship with the Father. And so where are you today? Do you have peace? And if not, the missing peace just may be that you've not been as aware of the Holy Spirit as you need to be. Maybe you've missed it a bunch 
and really making sure that you host the presence of God well in your life. Well, guess what? You can have restored identity today. You can have reconciled relationship today. And you can have redeemed purpose today because the Holy Spirit's moving and He's speaking and He's drawing you right now. And I don't need to name off 10 ways for you to do it. And you just need to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now. If the Holy Spirit's saying repent, confess, do it right now. Confess your sins before the Father. Ask for forgiveness. If the Holy Spirit's highlighted an area of your life that, man, you have just blown it, confess it to the Lord right now. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? If the Holy Spirit is telling you that you are perfect and all good today, that's not the Holy Spirit because you're not perfect. The Holy Spirit's drawing you to the Father. Respond to that right now. And listen, instead of, instead of praying a prayer for all of us together, we're going to finish our time together worshiping in spirit and in truth together in perfect peace. Why perfect peace, Scott? Because we're worshiping in spirit and in truth. And that's the peace that Jesus promised us. Peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you. When's it coming? When the Spirit comes, when the Comforter comes, when the Helper comes, when the Advocate comes, you will have access to perfect peace. Why? Because now I'm going to live in you and not just with you. Come on, let's worship Jesus together and it is going to be awesome.